on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime time, got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now Raw Mind Sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close, like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports, another edition. What's up, Prime? You're muted. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Raw thoughts, people. One thing about Raw Mind, you always find a way to have some glitches or two. With that being said, we got Mr. Danny here. You know, he's big time. He's giving hugs, kissing babies. How you doing today, Danny? Uh, this man said giving hugs and kissing babies. Ryan, if you don't stop, bro. What's up, my dog? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing today, man? You know, let everybody know where they can find you. Man, listen, you can find my Substack, which is the wonderful form of data. On Substack, it's free. Uh, it, it ain't gonna cost you nothing. Also, if I'm working at threepointconversion.com, and you know, any other time that someone sends out the bat signal, that's when I show up. <laughs> oh man, with that being said, man, it's a lot of NBA frenzy and things like that that's going on for us. And, um, man, just as soon as I try to start the show and have the topics, you have a few things that happen. So, we're gonna talk about this first before I get into the main ones, you know. Kyle Kuzma gets four years, 102 million. How do you feel about it? I mean, if you look at the market, you know, one of the things that's going on in free agency with these markets is that it's all about who has the money. And a lot of times we saw Gary Trent, for example, pick up his option with the Toronto Raptors. And you saw the teams with available cap space. And you look at where Kyle Kuzma's situation was. He went, he, Phoenix had no money. He would love to play in Phoenix. The LA teams couldn't do it. Otherwise, it's the twelve point two million for playing with the Lakers, for example, and that really wasn't a good fit. So going back to Washington, where he was a twenty point a game scorer last year, you have a lot of young talent coming in. Jordan Poole's now was traded there. They added to, uh, they added Jones from Memphis. They had a very good draft by getting Kubali, and they're starting over. It's a rebuilding thing. And Kyle Kuzma between him and Jordan Poole. They might be the league's leader scoring dynamic duo this year. So, no, I like the signing. Like I said, it fits the timeline. And the contract's not so bad that they really want to bottom this thing out. He can be traded at any point in time. So it's a good, it's a good deal for all parties. And with that being said, breaking news. Draymond Green gets $100 million after they give Jordan Poole a boot, after you were talking about that right then. So, um, do you like this, or should the Golden State Warriors should have stuck with Jordan Poole since they already have gave giving him that? Although they are off the books with it, since Mike Dunleavy is the new head coach, I mean, new GM for the Golden State Warriors. I mean, if Steph, it's all, it's all about what Steph Curry wants. If Steph Curry wants Draymond Green there and Jordan Poole gone, you gotta follow him. But the timeline all stays the same. If you look at the contract breaks out, Clay Thompson will be the next one, but. Steph Curry and Draymond Green's contract pretty much aligned for the Warriors starting the rebuild period. And so adding Chris Paul, they're going to make one more run at it with the team they got. So it, it, it's, it's, it sounds right. The last year is a player option. So Green got paid. But most importantly, look at the back end. Green took less money because he was owed $27.3 million by opting in. His first year is $22.3 million, a.k.a. it saved $40 million in luxury tax money this, this year alone. So Draymond did the team a solid, and the team did him a solid. It's a win-win for everybody. With that being said, before we go to the next topic, um, Essential Collections. Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. So website is www.essentual. S C O L L E C T L N dot square dot site. Use the promo code raw mind. Use the promo code raw mind. You'll get a 15% discount. That's right. I said use the promo code raw mind. Use the promo code raw mind. You get a 15% discount. And with that, man, it's all handmade products, facial products, bath products, lotions, creams, soap bars, you know, you name it, smell goods. She got it. Care packages. Fourth of July coming up. Want to shoot some fireworks to some pretty private places. 
put that stuff on you because it's going to be fireworks shot if you put that stuff on you. Trust me, I know. And I ain't going to tell you how I know, but you get where I'm going. Raw thoughts. So with that being said, now that uh we got that out the way, let's let's talk about James. <laughs> Raw thoughts. James Harden opts in to get traded, but he opts in to get paid. Where are we going with this scenario with the new coach, Nick Nurse, James Harden, James Harden with the same GM, Maury? How do you feel? Give me your raw thoughts. That makes real simple at this point. If James, James Harden wants to get paid, and that's where we are. They try, you know, he, I think everybody was thinking that the market was going to be Houston to go back to Houston. They had the cap space over static, or close to $60 million in cap space. But the feelings weren't really mutual. And to be honest with you, Houston's on a younger timeline. James Harden doesn't really fit the timeline that Houston's trying to provide with all these young guys, especially though you have, you have um, uh, they just got uh, Cam Whitmore. They turned around the draft and drafted uh, Amen Thompson. Uh, they have a young team, Jabari Smith and um, Sigun and Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. They have so much young talent. James Harden wasn't going to be the answer in the point guard position. So that really was it. The thing is, Houston, Philadelphia doesn't want to give this man long-term money. That's where we are in this. They mm-hmm. want a short-term deal to get him in and out and see what happens and not be stuck with it long-term. Well, Harden wants to get paid. So he's like, well, if I can't get paid here, then I'm going to force a trade. I want to, I want to be traded. I'll opt in so you can trade me. Well, the market's pretty much dry at this moment. He wants to play for the Clippers, but the Clippers don't want to give up a lot of their major assets. And when I say major assets, the younger assets, your Terrence Mann, your Bones Highlands, they don't want to give those guys up in a James Harden deal. So I really do feel as this happens. If James Harden gets traded, Daryl Morey has something else at the back end of his sleeve. He's going to have to acquire a superstar to come along with this team because trading James Harden isn't going to make Joel Embiid happy. And the last thing you want is the process to put his two weeks notice in and say he wants to go someplace else. So I think Daryl Morey is going to drive the price up as high as he can. And one way or another, James Harden's getting somebody's uniform. Whether it's a one-year deal in Philadelphia for the 35.6 and they and they part ways next summer. Or something else can happen. Maybe a three-way trade can happen that could land another point guard that's been talked about being traded in Philadelphia that was in Harden someplace. That could give Portland some some younger salary cap relief. Hey, there's another point guard sitting out there that's not a free agent that's looking maybe for a new home, but he's saying he wants to stay. To stay, he's staying loyal. Right, right. Um, for me, when I look at this Jane Harden scenario, I ask myself, does he want money, or does he want to? Oh Lord, I think that was ESPN calling me since they were laying off folks today. But uh, that, that's another story. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, for me, like James Harden, um, James Harden, I don't know if he wants money or he wants a championship. I, I agree with you on the concept of James Harden. If they trade him, they're gonna spend somebody back. I'm thinking they're gonna spend like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying they're gonna get Kawhi Leonard, but he has to be a smart guy. Well, no, I mean, that's it. even if it's young talent, if you get Terrence Mann and you get Bones Highland, you take some of that salary cap space off, I think both teams are happy. It's just that it has to make sense, right? And, and raw thoughts on this one, it's I, – I don't think it's – I think they're going to end up getting back together in all this. I, I don't I, – at the current moment, unless the third team gets involved, I can't see Daryl Morey taking a package that would include Robert Covington, Marcus Morris – um, some of those other guys and draft picks for James Harden. That's not going to set well with the with the process. It's not going to oh, set no. well because the process is already in the process. They don't want to stay in the process. <laughs> no, the, pro- the process just won MVP, and he wants <laughs> he wants to do what Nikola Jokic and Giannis has done. They won the MVP one year and turned back around, won the championship. Right after, you know, and that's what you know. If you really think about it, problem. Think about the last couple MVPs. The the MVP you win the MVP one year you win the championship the next year. Giannis did it in Milwaukee won MVP they won the championship uh, the following season. Nikola Jokic won MVP last two years and then guess what the year he doesn't win it he wins a championship. Now B wins the MVP this year you're looking at Embiid saying listen the trend has been I'm a, I'm on a championship you're gonna have to put a championship team around me 
But the surprising thing is now, Tyrese Maxey isn't extending a new contract. So does that mean he's a sweetener in a potential deal to get somebody else? Like I said, could it be a Dame Lillard? Could it be some other move? Could it be a Fred Van Fleet swap somewhere? It's ironic that Tyrese Maxey did not get a long-term extension at the beginning of free agency. So there's a lot of things in Philadelphia, but one thing's for certain, two things for sure. Nick Nurse will have that team ready to play no matter who's on that roster as long as it beats the center on opening night. Yeah, I can yeah, see I that. Can see and, and, and good luck with that, James Harden. Wherever you're going, good luck. Because um, I don't know, like money or championship. He's going to help the economy no matter where he goes. <laughs> right about that. I think we got a first comment on the show today. Oh, that was um, Cortland saying, what's good, fellas? And by the way, while I'm at it, before I go into the other topic, man, I had an amazing time this weekend at 252 at Rocky Mountain Event Center being an event host. It was pretty cool. I had so many teams to watch over eight courts, which I didn't. Um, <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna be that. That, um, how should I put the words? I didn't think it was gonna be that easy, but apparently, you know, event host is, is on the repertoire, so let, let's get it done, man. Let's get it done. I feel like it's gonna be big. So, uh, also, big shout outs to Cortland for his uh, his uh, halftime show last night, the last two weeks doing the AFC, the, the South Division, the AFC, NFC. Big shout outs to Cortland. He's been in his bag, down. ain't he? I mean, he, I mean, he's in his bag just like the Lake. His Lakers have been in the bag getting free agency. So, <laughs> yeah, like moving to Shaggy. I saw the big move early. Um, Gabe Vincent is a big move for the Lakers. Hope they can bring back Naru and AR. AR, um, he's a restricted free agent. AR is, and I think the max he get is four years, one hundred fifty-two. But we'll see how that works. So it's four years, 52 minutes. So 52, Lakers, 52. I'm sorry. sorry. Are, so let's, let's, let's put this in perspective. The Lakers were in the same situation that the Denver Nuggets were uh, when it comes to free agency. What I see that is Denver had the situation of Bruce Brown where they only could offer $7.8 million to retain Bruce Brown. The Lakers are in the same situation. They only can offer up to, I think it's $11 million for $11 or $12 million for uh, Austin Reeves. If somebody comes in with a bigger offer, Lakers can't match. He has to go. That's why Bruce oh. Brown was. That's why Bruce Brown went to Indiana. Bruce Brown got two years at forty-five million to go to Indiana. There's nothing Denver could do about it. Denver could not match it under no mm. circumstances because of the way the contract was mm. structured under the CBA. There's nothing you do. Bruce Brown gets paid. The Lakers fans have to be real worried of what goes on in San Antonio right now because if San Antonio puts the offer sheet on Austin Reeves. And then they put a number that the Lakers can't match. Austin Reeves goes bye-bye. And there's nothing the Lakers can do about it. So that's where they are. I don't think no one's going to put that number on Rui where the Lakers can't resign him. But I think Austin Reeves might get an offer sheet. And the Lakers can't do nothing about it. And Austin Reeves will end up somewhere else. There are teams with cap space that can can, can go ahead and, and make that offer. Man, I can't wait to see what the Lakers got cooking. Because I know what they ain't got cooking unless they're going to make a big move and trade some people off. We just found out that Kyrie Irving decides to sign back with Dallas. How do you feel about that? What is him and, and Luca got cooking? Because everybody that mama thought he could have been in Phoenix and he could have been with the Lakers. And apparently he didn't sign for either to sign and trade or he's going to be in Dallas. And I ain't talking about the Dallas Cowboys on this one. We'll go ahead. Um, he's a better quarterback than what the Cowboys have right now. <laughs> So Kyrie got three years, $126 million to, uh, to resign in Dallas. Just remember, this is the moratorium period. And I'll get that second. I'll get that in the second quarter. It's the moratorium period. So it doesn't go into effect until July 7th. So we still got a little bit more time left. Listen, even if Kyrie wanted to talk to, some, to Phoenix or these other teams, with the exception of Houston, nobody had cap space. So it had to have been a, 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 some kind of sign and trade that would get him somewhere. Now, Listen, Dallas them put this, this sheet on him now. They 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 got the they've already agreed to it. Doesn't mean they can't trade in the next six days. Doesn't mean by July seventh they can't trade this man. All right, they just agreed to it. Nothing's on paper until the moratorium's over. So at the end of the day, if a sign and trade happens, he wants to go to Phoenix. It's a forty-seven million dollar. It's a forty-five million dollar year contract. DeAndre Ayton can't match that contract if it's Kyrie Irving. Mm. So, Prime, <laughs> if Kyrie wants to end up in Phoenix, there's only one other person that goes out the door. 
boy. And I know it ain't the person that just came in the door. He ain't the one. It ain't number 35 either. <laughs> oh, Mr. Booker. Not Mr. Booker. <laughs> I think Frank Vogel's going to find a way to keep Andre Ayton because he, he likes bees. He likes the slow motion. I know. Oh, boy. This, this, this ain't about the Andre Ayton. This is not about the Andre Ayton. This is literally about Matt or, or Matt Ashiba opening his checkbook and showing that he has more clout than any owner in the league. It's like we have a brand new toy, right, Prime? It's something you got something that's brand new that you're ready to flash. You're ready to probably you, you you know all this work you're doing, right? Hosting all these events, you W Mr. WRL, you missed it, you missed the football Friday night, now missed the basketball. Let's just say you want to go out and buy you a brand new Range Rover, right? Uh-huh. This is all yours. You're the only person that's got a Range Rover. So everybody got a different one, but you got the special edition. So what you're gonna do, you're gonna make it all yours. You're gonna make it stand out. You're probably gonna have raw mind. Raw thoughts on the middle of the hood. So he's gonna show <laughs> off. That's what Matt Sheba's doing in Phoenix. He has the money to do so. The real thing is watching Isaiah Thomas and all this because Isaiah Thomas has a very good relationship with uh with a certain number eleven that's in Dallas. They have a relationship. If Ashiba pulls this off and he wants Kyrie Irving, you're not gonna trade Bradley Beal. That's not gonna work. And I don't think Dallas would want to take on Bradley Beal. So at the end of the day, you're going to look at a deal that probably might send Devin Booker that way if he ends up in Phoenix. Otherwise, <laughs> Dallas is offseason. They got back. They brought back. Um, they traded for Rashawn Holmes. They drafted Derek Lively. They got a humongous trade exception in the Davis Bertans deal on draft night. So they still have a trade exception they can use to go get a, a 14, 15, 16 million dollar year player who can who can defend to help with the Dallas roster, and they still have the ability to bring back Christian Wood and go into the tax. So that so, means go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, so no, there's – and you still can trade Tim Hardaway Jr. if you need to. Like, there's still things they can do in Dallas. Um, Irving signed the deal. Big shouts to his stepmom for being the first black woman, the first black woman to negotiate an NBA contract of that magnitude. Mm. So big shout-outs to Kyrie's stepmom for, for pulling this off. But it's a, memori- it's a moratorium. Just because he's agreeing to it tonight don't mean this might not change before July 7th. That's all I'm saying. But if Dallas signs him, it's a great thing. But if he wants to enter someplace else, there's going to be a sign trade going somewhere. I hit the place. I'm about to say, it's prom going to, it, to his, uh, his, um, his technical service bag. Let's talk about Austin Reeves because Courtland had mentioned this Austin Reeves has a choice in this. Austin Reeves has a choice in anything. Can anybody hear I hear you just fine, Brian. But if Austin Reeves, so here's the thing with Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves has to agree to go somewhere. So in a, in, in a restricted free agency, the player has to sign the contract or has to agree to it. So Austin can turn down deals if he truly wants to stay in my, uh, stay in L.A. It's just that sometimes, Prime, and you know this, someone throws a bag at you, and for a guy like Austin Reeves who was undrafted, you get that bag thrown at you, Oof. you might not get that bag again. Right. He got to do what he has to do. And, and back to the other part for the um the technical difficulties part. Um, So you're saying it's no way we would never see this season Kyrie Irving, Booker, Bill, KD on the roster. If anything, somebody going out the door. So basically, you say, it, it's got to be Booker. Go ahead. Well, at, well with, the, with the way the contract is structured, it's three years, $126 million. De- DeAndre Ayton's number doesn't come close to that. So, and there's no other salary that that franchise can attach to it because they traded it all away. I'm going to say, give Phoenix a lot of credit today because they, they went to the dollar store, not the dollar general, not family dollar. They got some really good <laughs> players on the clearance track today um, for taking minimum level deals. They, 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 they signed, what, four or five guys in the first, hour, maybe first 45 minutes. Uh, Ke- uh Bates Diop. I'm a big fan of Damian Lee signing. They got a couple of guys to come in and play those minimum roles because that's what they're filling their roster with because they have nothing but minimum level players because the four guys, main guys, take put them in the tax. They put them in the tax. There you go. So whatever it says is going there. And by the way, Essential Collections, Essential Collections, this show is sponsored by Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Use the promo code RAWMIND, promo code RAWMIND. Her website is www.essentialcollections.square.site, and you'll be able to visit and see all the options. 
Now we got Bradley Beal because we're just talking about that, right? So we got Bradley Beal and Phoenix with KD and Booker. Do you like this pairing? Do they have enough to if do they have enough to dethrone the champs in the West? You know, you always got Golden State. We always talk about Golden State every single year. But dude, does this team have enough to dethrone Denver? You gotta have depth. Deon, the way for them to win this championship is not one of the four players. You're going to have to find guys that are going to come in and be able to provide you depth in, in multiple areas. If you can trade DeAndre Ayton to get a whole bunch of pieces back that's going to help, then you should. Um, I, as far as the Bradley Beal thing, I wasn't the biggest um, on the Bradley Beal train. And here's the reason why. Devin, that means you're required Devin Booker to play more of a point guard role. Now, he did it before Chris Paul got there, but it wasn't exactly the most successful move. And the truth be told, Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal don't have the best injury history. They've been, they've been injured a lot the last couple of seasons, right? They, they haven't, they're not, you're not, you're not going to get 65 games out of either one of those two. They haven't done it in a while. And so that puts a lot of pressure on Devin Booker. And then when you only have everything else and you don't have nothing else behind it, let an injury happen, especially to the, to Booker or KD. There's not much left, and it's four guys. But here's the thing: this is the NBA 2K. You're not playing with fatigue off and no substitutions. All right, and this ain't all my basketball. All right, you're gonna have to dig into that bench. I, I still question what the point guard situation is. I question where the defense is coming from because Beal Booker and Beal Booker and Durant Nathan are not going to be the best defensive team in the league. So in the you playoffs, all starting at once. Well, never mind. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not starting the gorilla. You know, you mean you're not going to call the, uh, the the Mercury and go see about um, things. Mercury and see a Brittany Griner, Skylar, and Smith are going to start the team. So you're going to have to find somebody to step in. And I, I, I don't. I think there's. This might be the epitome of top heaviness in the NBA right here. I've never seen nothing this top heavy ever. And mm-hmm. so when you have a team this top heavy. Even when the even the, when the Heatles happened in Miami, they were LeBron, you know Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Their other big signing was Mike Miller. Mike Miller was a was a do it all type of guy, and even with their big three, Bosh played the center position, Braun was on the wing and running the point, and Wade was just doing everything you asked him to do as a wing player, while Braun was handling the offense. So with this three, Durant, Booker. And and Beal are all shooters. They're all scorers, but I don't trust DeAndre Ayton. I, I really don't trust Ayton because Ayton. I don't even think he even wants to be there. He complained about getting the ball last, last two years. Imagine do you really, that. Do you really what? And the other part is Bradley Beal is the highest paid third option ever in the history of this league. <laughs> to be the third, he went from being the man in Washington to the third option. And, and had a no trade clause, and, and he still has it. And he makes more—he makes more money than Booker, and he's almost rivaling KD when it comes to money. This man gets to make almost forty-five, I think forty-five, forty-seven million dollars, and he's the third—the third option. So my question to you is: I know because I see Cortland's um comment right here. Denver got worse. Bruce Bowen was in a cog in that machine, and he is in Indiana now. Phoenix could definitely challenge them. My thing is the reason. One of the things that Frank Vogel does is he's supposedly supposed to be this defensive strategist. Mm-hmm. Are these guys really good defensively? Because I know you're a sub-stack guy, so maybe you could give the audience, you know, a little facts about are they really good at defense now with this, this group? Did they get better or did, did they lose defense? Well, anytime you lose Mikael Bridges on the defensive end, you've already got worse. Kevin Durant's an outstanding defender. In every metric that will show you Kevin Durant's an outstanding defender. Um, weak side, help side. Even one-on-one isolation, Kevin Durant, because of his size, and over the years, he's just become a lot better defensively, including he's blocking more shots and playing more passing lanes. Bradley Beal ain't the best defenders, neither is Devin Booker. All right. Josh Okoge has to be another wing guy, I think, if they brought him back. And DeAndre Ayton is not a rim protector. That's where the problem is. There's not enough. They're going to have to bring back Fizmack beyond both. They're going to have to figure out something else. And Frank Vogel, yes, is known for defense. The Lakers won champion the championship behind Vogel his defense. But remember what that defense had on there: Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis. You had I think it was Caruso on that team. You had KCP. You had guys who had defense. They had guys who played defense. 
Kate, uh, Bates, the opposite, good defender. Uh, Damian Lee gives a lot of effort on defense. I'm just – Frank Vogel's going to figure this out because they're going to outscore teams. Like, there's not a unit in the NBA that's going to outscore Phoenix. When Phoenix is on, you can't – you can't stop all those guys. It's just, just not possible. And but good. It's going, to, it's, going to, it's, going to, it's going to come down to Vogel putting the right guys in the right places and the two staggering the lineups to be able to make sure that one of those three guys and DeAndre Ayton's at the court at all times. That's what you're going to have to do. And they're going to have to find ways to rebound. There's a lot of things they're going to be weak at. And as far as Denver goes, yes, Denver lost Bruce Brown was a huge loss. But Christian Braun is ready to take a bigger role. They have Peyton Watson, who played really well, but just wasn't in the rotation last year. And they added a kid, Jalen Pickett, from Penn State, a point guard. I love the signing of Jalen Pickett. Um, they brought back DeAndre Jordan. They're gonna. They, I think they still have, I think, part of the mid-level left. They can find somebody with part of the mid-level, and they'll be fine. But watch Christian Braun have a bigger role. Watch Peyton Watson have a bigger role. Denver's going to miss Bruce Brown. But as long as that starting five is there and Jamal Murray's hitting step-back jumpers, they're going to be okay, and they're still the favorites to win the whole thing. Oh, man. And Cortland says, when Vogel has been good, he has had an anchor. The Phoenix doesn't have that unless KD becomes that or Aiton does. Vogel is going to get exposed. Don't. This is not what Frank Vogel signed up for. I guarantee you it's not. <laughs> Which is, guess what? It seems like every job Frank Vogel's has in Indiana is a situation he never signed up for. Right, 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 right. It's always like, the, the rough part. Like, they just put you, they just throw you in the Yeah, he, he won a championship and didn't sign up for basically get rid of half the roster the next season. Man, Orlando man. was never the right roster. He had a bunch of young guys. Now he's in Phoenix. And he went from having Chris Paul to now literally having Chris Paul and De- Devin Booker and a whole bunch of depth some solid players to a very top heavy team and a bunch of guys that you're going to have to play with minimal contracts to see if it's going to work. So it's going to be interesting. And prime, we're only four, we're only two and a half hours in the frenzy. Right. Right. Free agent frenzy as it is, as it is. <clears throat> CP three and golden state. We have heard a lot of people discuss this, a good move, bad move. Most say bad move. I'm just on the fence about it, but I'll tell my part because it's a two-sided part to this one. Like, as I usually be raw thoughts, but this one has raw thoughts on two ends. Go ahead. Let me know how you feel about CP3 and go to state. I love the move. Woo! Woo! What's more dangerous than having one Splash Brother off ball? It's two Splash Brothers off ball. You're telling me that you have two of the best screen setters in the NBA. And Draymond Green, who's now resigned, and Kevon Looney, who created more opportunities off pick and rolls and offensive rebounds in the NBA over the last last three months, including all the playoffs. Hmm. You have those two guys setting screens for Steph Curry on one end and Klay Thompson on the other end, with arguably one of the great, probably one of the best passing point guards in the last 20 years, making sure they get the ball in their sweet spots. That's what this is. What we won't see is, we won't see Jordan Poole taking game-winning shots or, or closeout shots in games with Steph Curry asking for the ball. We're not going to see that. What we're also going to get is Chris Paul is actually dangerous in the mid-range, which Jordan Poole wasn't. So we talk about Chris Paul's health. Yeah, Chris Paul hasn't had a healthy season, but in the NBA lately, who hasn't been? Who, 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 plays, who plays 70 games anymore anyway nowadays? Guys will because they want that all-NBA money. But up until this season, guys were playing 75, 80 games a season. Mikel Bridges is the only dude that plays 82 games. The hell, he played 83 this year. You watch what's going to happen. And also, having Chris Paul on the team allows Steph Curry not to have so much responsibility at the point guard position. We might be able to load, you might be able to load match Steph Curry as he's getting older. You have Chris Paul for a year. And the best part, Prime, is it's a one year experiment. That locker room was broken the second Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face. That locker room wasn't coming back the way it was. Someone had to go. Someone had to go. And apparently it was Jordan Poole. But go ahead. The Warriors didn't believe that Jordan Poole was the guy of the future. And the thing was, Jordan Poole's and Draymond Green's relationship completely fractured this entire season. Both, I mean, Draymond said it at the end of the season. Their relationship wasn't the same. The locker room was broken. Steve Kerr had to figure this out all year. And the Warriors suffered behind it. Now the Warriors can go push ahead. 
Jordan Poole's not the guy. He's not going to be the guy of the future. He's not the guy of the future. So what do you do? You get off of the salary. You get off $100 million of future money that you had to give away for a one-shot deal with Chris Paul. I love the move. He's a mid-range shooter. He still can knock down shots. I'm not asking Chris Paul to play 65, 70 games. I'm asking Chris Paul to be there when it counts. Unfortunately, Chris Paul's crack history doesn't say that he can be there when it counts, but I still got Steph Curry still splashing threes. I still got Draymond Green. I still got Clay Thompson. I still have Andrew Wiggins. As long as Chris Paul's a body, I think this still can work. They're still literally the second best team in the Western Conference. Uh, I know Lakers are Laker fans will say something different, but until I see otherwise, as of this moment at 832 on June, on June 30th, the Warriors are still the second best team in the Western Conference behind Denver. Woo-hoo. So so for me, I know I've seen a little segment a while back of how Bob Myers, you know, um loved Trayvon. Do you think they still make this move if Bob Myers the GM? Over Mike Dunleavy Jr. and get rid of Pooh over Draymond. Bob Myers didn't want Bob Myers didn't want the body. Bob Myers left for two reasons. Okay, he, he did say he wants to spend more time with his family. But my raw thought is here's the thing: the Golden State Warriors had to be broken apart. All right. At some point, everybody's lovely team out out in San Francisco had to be broken up. They're getting older. They're, they're about to all hit 35 plus, 34, 35 plus. Green, Thompson, Curry. You help build this dynasty. Prime, do you want to be the dude to build the dynasty and take and it break apart? break it. Right. Do you, do you want to be the guy that might have to trade Steph Curry? Do you really want that on your hands? There's no way. Bob is an extremely smart guy. I know he says he wants to spend time with his family. But listen, you take the year off. And you leave as the fact that you put together one of the greatest basketball dynasties. Now, we'll say a dynasty because the consistency level of this team over the last, what, 10 years, the consistency level, the only time this team wasn't in a championship contention was the year Clay Thompson was hurt and Curry basically was on one was on one leg all season, basically killing every, doing everything that year. Outside of that, this Warriors team built by Bob Myers and that entire front office has basically won all through everything. They've won through everything. So at the end of the day, Bob Myers put this thing together. He's the guy, he's a he's the figurehead of all this. He didn't want to take it apart. You don't want to take your favorite toy away. You don't want to take it apart. So you put it on Mike Dunleavy. You let Mike Dunleavy Jr. his first GM job, you let him deal with the 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 back end of the Splash Brothers. And you have to be the one to figure out what are you going to do with Clay Thompson next summer? Because you're going to have to make that decision on Clay Thompson, who has not been the, the Clay Thompson since the injuries. Are you going to play Clay Thompson over $40 million next season? That's the real question. Do you want to pay him that? Do you want to pay the tax for him? There's a lot of questions in Oakland. So, no, Chris Paul gives them a one year window, they're going for it. Chris Paul puts them in a better situation, Prime, next year than what they had this year. Mm, well, thoughts, bro, thoughts. And that's what I was going to say. You know, some he doesn't have to play as much. It probably gives so many guys rest on one end. Some people still talk about his injuries. But at the same time, you give a lot of rest on the end to help them guys out. Now, I lost my spot. But Hornets be better. Without MJ ownership, we'll have to see. That's a question mark. We'll learn as the new front office comes into place. I think right now we won't know anything because the board of directors has not signed off on Michael Jordan on the new ownership yet. They haven't signed off on it yet. So Michael Jordan is still control of this team until the ownership signs. And here's the thing: is the ownership group better? Here's, a, here's, what Michael, here's what Michael Jordan has told every Hornets fan. And Hornets fans don't want to hear it. Michael Jordan wasn't willing to go into a tax for a team that wasn't in the playoffs. It's really what it was. If you really want to rewind the history, and so Ryan, let's go ahead and rewind this history real quick. We'll rewind it all the way back to when the Hornets were the Bobcats. The Al Jefferson injury destroyed everything. And I'll tell you why, because Michael Jordan resigned everybody. Cortland, if we're going to do this on this show tonight, 
<laughs> I, I, I think he's doing this on purpose. Okay, you know what? Now, now let's, let's take the gloves off. And Cortland, uh, hey, probably if you want to send Cortland the link to join in this one, I, I'm all for it at this point. <laughs> all right. Let me explain Brandon Miller. So we're going to finish George's question first, and then I'll go into Brandon Miller. All right. I hate this dude at the bottom. I hate this next. I hate that the next comment. Yo, kick this dude out the chat. <laughs> kick this dude out the chat. All right. So Jordan left the team in a better place than where he could receive a team years ago. We don't know anything about the ownership group until it takes over. We'll know if the ownership group pay and open the checkbook up. We'll know if their, their, their pockets are tight. We'll know a lot of things once everything takes in place. So we don't know yet. Jordan, Jordan, for his faults, here's the thing. is that Al Jefferson's injury caused everything to happen. And also, Prime, since we're on the live air, breaking news, Rui Hachimura resigned with the Lakers, three years, $51 million. But I'll continue. Yeah. Um, when Al Jefferson got hurt and Jordan resigned everybody, there was no center. Which led, and then on top of the fact that Michael Kidd and Chris never developed his jump shot, his jump shot stayed broken. Then Jeremy Lamb never developed. Kimball Walker is by himself at this point. Cody, Cody Zell was a role player, and Charlotte had to build over. And Kimba's last year, it was to the point where you paid Kimba Walker all the money and the loyalty factor, or Charlotte had to let him go. It is what it was. Kimba left. He never was the same player again. Charlotte got Terry Rozier, and this is where we are now. And then the rebuilding happened. The last two years, the Hornets have been hit with injuries all over the place. That's what happened. It's been injuries all over the place. The building can't – nobody – it's like nobody in the building can stay healthy longer. Every time Charlotte got to a point, somebody got hurt. The Mellow Ball has been injured. He's missed two of the last three in the regular seasons, and the Hornets have been bouncing the playoff game two of, uh, two of the previous three years up until last season. So, since Cortland wants to bring up the Brandon Miller question, let's uh -oh. have the Brandon Miller question. I have never once said Brandon Miller wasn't a good basketball player. I never said Brandon Miller wasn't the fit, wasn't a good fit, but Brandon Miller was the wrong pick in Charlotte. He was the wrong pick. And here's why it's the wrong pick. The Charlotte, Hornets are, or the Charlotte Hornets are a place where they have so many wings and small forwards and guys of that same stature. There is still the restricted tag on P.J. Washington, the restricted tag on Miles Bridges, the situation with Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward, Cody Martin. Those are five guys that play the swing position right then and there. Here's why Hornets fans asked for Scoot Henderson. It's very simple. Under Michael Jordan's ownership, one thing the Hornets haven't done is they haven't swung. They haven't went for the big swing in the draft. LaMelo Ball fell to them because he had a three-player draft. He was the third player, and the Hornets got lucky on that one. The Hornets had a chance to take a guy that was going to electrify the city, a guy that the fan base was ready to get behind. And truth be told, he still fit the need. Charlotte can't get to the rim anyway. LaMelo Ball's finishing ability kind of is a little bit suspect at times, and he's still trying to put a frail design. One thing the Hornets do need was, and the Hornets haven't had in years, is a guy that's a dog from day one. A guy that literally will do what it takes, how it takes. Hornets fans have been asking for this. Hornets fans have been asking for the team to make a big swing at something. Free agents don't come to Charlotte. This has been a, a, an unequivocal rule for years. Gordon Hayward came because the Hornets put $25 to $30 million more than what Indiana did. It's, it's very simple. And they took Mick Batum's money to go do that. That's the swing they took. The Hornets had a chance to take a swing. And for those who don't think Scoot Henderson and LaMelo Ball couldn't have worked, it actually could. LaMelo is actually a good spot-up shooter. There you go. Point, bright, close. It's all simple. To say you want to have a height difference, Scoot Henderson is bigger than Terry Rozier. So let's not play the fact that Scoot can't guard anybody when Terry Rozier is just as small as, small as he is. <laughs> Hornets fans. Hornets fans wanted something to make them excited. And, and what the other part was, Hornets fans watched Brandon Miller in the NCAA tournament too. Hey, hey, Prime, uh, let's let, let's let's uh, get your basketball knowledge here. When was the last time you see a top three pick go scoreless in the NCAA tournament? Sheesh. Whew. Brandon Miller. <laughs> Brandon Miller scored zero points against a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. And it wasn't because he was injured. In the game Alabama was eliminated, he was three for 19. 
He was three for 19 in the biggest game of the season, which got a number one seed bounced out of the tournament. Right. Every Brandon Miller fan can talk about the 41 points he scored against South Carolina, but it was against South Carolina. This wasn't like he was scoring 41 against Duke. This is 41 against South Carolina. <laughs> and this, once again, I'm not saying Brandon Mills is a bad basketball player. Bad he's a, I have as the third best player in the draft. I think as far as ceilings, he's about maybe seven or eight because I'm really big on the Thompson Twins. Is more The more I watch them, the more I really like them. But Brandon, Brandon Miller was, I guess, quote, unquote, the fit. Scoop Henderson's the better player. The Hornets needed the better player, not the guy that fits. So no offense to Brandon Miller. I think he's going to be a good basketball player. The Hornets need to take a bigger swing instead of being so conservative. They went conservative when they needed to go above and beyond. So that's the difference. I'm not that's the that's the rawest thoughts I can give you in basketball on this show. You gave it to me. You gave it to me. I got um one more topic before I go into the raw thought minute. Now this has been um it's been huge today, and I just want to get your raw thoughts on it. You know, huge star power dismissed today from ESPN because ESPN got the shares and stuff. Um, who is the guy you're going to miss on ESPN? Does Fox make these big moves? I honestly think the biggest move of the day could be Jalen Jalen Rose had to Fox. I think undisputed has gotten two player, two people that can take over Shannon Sharp's role right now, whether it be Keyshawn Johnson, who's become well-versed in a lot of sports, being in the morning show on ESPN, ESPN Radio, who lives out in Los Angeles, who is literally right in that area, and who's actually more knowledgeable about other sports than uh, you would think, like I said, hosting a big a morning show on ESPN. And then, of course, it's Jalen Rhodes. Those are the two guys that can help Undisputed get themselves off. Because I'll be honest with you, Jalen Rose and Skip Bayless, I would love to see go at it on a day-to-day basis. So I can see that. I can see, that. Um, I can see Todd McShay doing a lot of work on, on Fox for college football um, as a college football analyst, especially talking about prospects because, like I said, they have the big they have the Big Ten deal. They have, the, I think, the Pac-12. So especially talking about those prospects, you can actually get him to do it. Um, on a bigger scale. Oh, and you know, as we're talking uh, news, Fred Van Fleet has signed a $130 million deal for three years with the Houston Rockets. But back to what I was saying. Um, that's why I love this show. We can break news as in the show. <laughs> Is it free agent, French? And Herb Jones resigned with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans four years at $54 million. But back to what I was saying about, about ESPN. Um, you never want to see people do that. You never want to see people you know, lose their jobs. You never want to see that. But I will say this. If you look at the Jeff Van Gundy move today, right? You see Jalen Rose. Um, I'll be honest with you, Prime. I don't I think Keyshawn Johnson ends up on Fox. But here's I'm gonna put a crystal ball at you. I think Jeff Van Gundy and Jalen Rose head to NBC. Prime. <laughs> I think Jalen Rose, I think Nick Friedel, and I think Jeff Van Gundy all head to, Fox, <laughs> to NBC. Because guess what? Because guess what I think is about to happen? Prime, everybody's favorite theme song is about to come back in basketball. And Prime, you know what song I'm talking about. Round ball, I think round, round ball rock is coming back. NBC is about to get the NBA again. I think Doris Burke will do it. I think Doris Burke will take Jeff Van Gundy's seat and do a tremendous job in her seat, in his seat. Um, if it's not Doris Burke, then I think it would be J.J. Reddick or Richard Jefferson. Um, and if you watch Yes Telecast, Richard Jefferson's amazing on the Yes Telecast. Um, yeah, why is it? One of those uh, those three, I think it will be Doris Burke, will take um, Van Gundy's seat. I think ESPN and the new television deal will not have as much NBA. I think NBC will jump into the mix. I've said this on two or three other podcasts before. I think NBC will jump into the NBA mix. And Prime, I think the first Sunday after the Super Bowl, we're going to get Sunday night NBC basketball. 
the same we had, same way we had Sunday night NFL, we're going to get Sunday mm-hmm. night NBA. With think about this, you have a pregame show with Maria Taylor, her former buddy Jalen Rose. You find somebody else, and then you have Jeff Van Gundy as a colored commentator, with whoever they bring in as the play-by-play person. I can see that because I was gonna say, um, honestly, with this, it makes sense. I think it gives more opportunity. What it is, a lot of these guys are juggernauts are making millions of dollars, and they get a lot of ends. You may bring in people that are making probably can make do the same thing sixty to a hundred thousand or a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. It still cuts out a whole lot of costs. I think they can bring in people that they can bring in. Just like yeah. my guy Quilly got this comment up here, like bring us in. He probably right. We ain't gonna ask for much because uh. And they nah. know, I think that's what they're thinking. They're thinking, like, hey, we're bringing these people, get them an opportunity of a lifetime, and they'll well, save money in this. I area. think, I think it was a you know, it was all about what um Disney was doing with the cutting of, of, of the salaries across the board. There was talent today, it was you know, it was other people throughout the last couple of months, you know, and, and this has happened, you know, ESPN. You know, it puts a lot of good people, a lot of good people who are on air in situations where you have to change. You know, I mentioned Tom McShay in college football, I think David Pollock. I think LaFonso Ellis could end up at Fox. LaFonso Ellis was a 14-year um, broadcaster and analyst for college basketball. With with Fox having a lot more of college basketball now with the Big, the big East, um, I think you could probably see him being a headline color commentator. And David Pollock on their on their Sunday more on their big game show on Sunday or Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe maybe listen, David Pollock might end up doing some NFL games as well too. As a color guy on maybe one of their third, their fourth and fifth teams on Sundays, you can see him maybe pull a double duty with some college football studio show work throughout the week and some game stuff on Sundays. So those are some of the names I think Fox should really look at. But you got to think there are other platforms or other people. But you know, it's sad to see. You know, I think it's supposed to be twenty names. I think fifteen are already out of those folks. You know, losing their jobs today. And you, you just hope that every single person on that list, um, they'll bounce back somewhere, and including all the other people who lost their jobs earlier in the year. Because no matter, you know, one thing about, about Sports Prime or what my thing about being in, in, in these seats is that people are going to love you and people are going like, to hate you. Like, there's never, there's never been a person who was loved by everybody. Even the late, great Stuart Scott was not loved by everybody. All right? You know... <clears throat> Right. You can you can you can you can love people, you can hate people, disagree with the same, but at the end of the day, Ryan, they're people. Right. They're humans just like everybody else. Nobody would ever want to wish losing their job on anybody. Right. Right. I agree. So, I agree. And so you know, you might you might say, Oh, they deserve losing job. No, nobody ever will say that. Um, the comment I see about Max Kellerman, right? Yes. I think Max Kellerman is in a amazing spot, and here's why. Max Kellerman came to ESPN as a boxing guy. Right. He is now, he left as a show host. He has uh, multiple experiences talking all types of sports. And I think he gets the bag, but he does it in a way like Ariel, uh, Ariel Harani did, where he's on the zone talking boxing. Then he might go somewhere else to talk other sports and collect multiple checks. Max Kellerman is going to be just fine. I don't know if he's going to make the five million a year if he did ESPN or, or, or whatever that number was, ESPN. But I think the zone needs him tomorrow. I think he'll be with Showtime. He'll be with um, other other outlets being able to show the diversity he's learned over the last couple of years at ESPN. Man, that's going to be big. Yeah. And I know Stephen A., Paul Feinbaum may not be going anywhere. Certain guys are just not going anywhere. I mean, I, 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 I think there's like a, I think there's a, a list, right? You know, and you know, guys and girls, I, I think that I don't want to say they're untouchable, but are highly unlikely to leave the building. Um, like you said, you mentioned Stephen A. Smith. You talk about Scott Van Pelt. Um, you talk about you talk about Woj. You talk about you talk about uh, Jeff Passan in baseball, Adam Schefter in football, um, uh, Swagu, Marcus Spears. I think Kendrick Perkins is huge on the network. JJ Reddick, Richard Jefferson are also loving the basketball, and Malika Andrews. L. Duncan, um, who who's now transitioning from not only to Sports Center to everything women's sports. I think Doris Burke. I think um, what's my girl uh, Holly uh, Holly Rowe. 
there are some folks in that ESPN building among all the different channels. Um, even Stan Barrett, I think there's some folks that don't, that kind of are not like in that boat realm. That will, I, I think that going to be there for a while. Um, there's a probably, there's probably a few others I miss. Oh, oh, Mike Greenberg. Um, I don't think Greenie gets touched. Um, there's a few. Like I said, there's men, there, you know, those are the elite of ESPN because if you think about a crime, those are the ones that have multiple situations. They have multiple shows they're on. They have multiple gigs. They have multiple responsibilities. So those are the ones that I see are going to be more of the of like the building blocks of ESPN forward. And listen, the crazy part, Prime Prime, all the people who come through ESPN come leave as stars and they go someplace else to star as well too. So who's not going to who's not going to pick up Susie Coleman? Who's not going to pick up that great experience? I, I think she's a natural takeover at Fo- to, to work at Fox or to be honest with you, work at Amazon. You know, on their game coverage for Amazon. I think Susie Cole would be a great person for Amazon. So there's a lot of people that can find jobs pretty quickly. Man, with that being yeah, said, yeah. I'm going to let yeah. you give. He said, all right. So Kellen will be the next, the new co-host of the Halftime Show, Courtney Griffin, air at 7 p.m. It can happen. Dad go right. It can happen. Um, you better ask your wife is that is that the salary cap? That's a big <laughs> all right. So here we go. One minute, raw thoughts minute. People, we about to um wrap it up after the raw thoughts minute. I'm gonna give mine. I'm gonna let Danny give his. You know, normally I would shout out the WBA and big shout out to their all star game, but I'm gonna do something different today. There's growing talk that should tell uh, that Shohei Otani. Oh is about to be the first $1 billion player in baseball. The first $1 billion athlete in baseball. Let's put this in perspective. A guy that pitches and hits, this man certainly can't get a billion dollars. But there was a Twitter feed that came out this week uh, from one legendary Mets, and I'm a Mets fan, Mets uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Keith Hernandez, when it came to the number 17. Saying that he would not give up number 17 so the Mets can have, so Sho- Sho- Shohei Otani cannot wear 17 if he ever decided to sign with the Mets because his number was retired. He feels like he shouldn't have to give it up. Now, I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Seinfeld fan. All right. I know who Keith Hernandez is. But there's no way in hell that Keith Hernandez's number will stay up there when Shohei Otani wants to bring himself to, to, to Queens. There's not a single chance in hell. Not a one. Because the show Otani said that I, we want to, we, he's coming to New York. You clear heaven, earth, and also trains to make sure Shohei Otani is going to play in Queens. He wants no part of the Yankees. He don't want that. He doesn't, he doesn't want part of the New York media. He ain't, if he's going to New York media, you'll go to Queens. Because guess what? The Queens owner has more money than the, the Bronx owner. Courtney, remember that. Our, the Mets owner has more only more money than Steinbrenner. Okay, let's just leave it there. There's no way. If a number is the problem, then Keith Hernandez not only needs to give that number up, but he might need to be kicked out the booth as well too. So you know, what? raw thoughts. Keith Hernandez do not be the reason why Shohei Otani is the reason why Shohei Otani is not playing for the Mets next season because it's going to look really good to watch Shohei in that Mets blue and orange next season. There you go. Oh, by the way, Court, when's the last time the Yankees won a world championship? By the way, was it? Uh, that that doesn't count. That doesn't I'm count a Yankees COVID. fan too. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, that's not COVID. A real World Series. When's the last time y'all won one? Prime, <laughs> right. it's on you, my friend. All right, raw thoughts minute. Let me see what I got. All right, my raw thoughts minute is, and I sit there and forgot about it. But here we go. NFL players getting suspended, get suspended for gambling. I'm coming to the point now. Gambling is a real thing, a real deal. Some people say some players, maybe point shade, maybe this, maybe that. Yeah, they may not be betting on their teams. Yeah, they might not be betting on their own team doing this in the third. But this gambling thing is about to get real serious, and it's gonna it's gonna trickle more than suspensions. This could be things that can hurt the locker room, things like that. So whatever it is, I hope the gambling happens off season. Not during their own seasons, not during anything else, because apparently NFL players can't gamble, can't take those chances. Good luck. 
because I just got a strong feeling, raw thoughts. It's going to be hard to stop this for an entire league because there's no telling how many players, even the stars are probably betting. But good luck with that. And my real raw thoughts minute was, before I realized this was that, Dane, it ain't happening in Portland. Dane, I appreciate you. Dane, you probably one of the realest guys in the world. Dane, you probably got it. Everybody wants around them because they know you're super, super loyal no matter what. I don't know what either Portland is doing something amazing that we don't know behind the scenes or you just that super loyal. And with that being said, Dane, you get a lot of money, so I do get it, and it's going to help you and your family for generations. But Portland, no matter what Dane says right now, trade him anyway. He deserves it. And you know he deserves it. Stop with the shenanigans. Stop making all these ticket sales because all you're going to get is ticket sales because you ain't going nowhere else. You might not make the playoffs. You might make a first-round exit. Whatever it is, we don't see championships in Portland. The Rose Garden. This ain't Mighty Mouse. Scotty Pippen, Steve Smith, Bunsy Wells, Avita Sabonis, Rasheed Wallace. It ain't coming back. It ain't no time soon. It's over. Let that man go. But those are my raw thoughts. I see Calum. Cortland has uh, talked again. He says, these guys have to be smarter in the NFL. They got to be smarter in the NFL. needs to make clear guidelines. That part. And I see everybody's situation was done. But the plotter guys not betting on football shouldn't be getting penalized. That's what it is. Go ahead. It's called two words. Your contract. It's in your contract. You can't bet in your own building. It's in your contract. They show behind shouldn't bet on football. And the thing was, didn't we just watch Calvin Ridley get suspended? Right, go out for a whole year. Calvin right. Ridley got suspended on PTO for betting on football while he was on while he was on leave from the Falcons. <laughs> That's my whole point. Like, I don't even know how to even be able to stop it. I really feel like it's always betting somewhere somehow. Somebody's doing some type of betting in some type of sport. It's gonna be I mean, contract, they get caught, of course. But, but I don't think anybody get caught. Well, guys are getting caught now because they're finding you're when they when okay, here's the thing. You're betting, right? But you're betting inside the building where you work. And so what you're betting on your team to win. I think one of the bets was a guy was talking about like uh I think the Colts had rushing yards in the game. He was betting on the rushing yards. Bro. <laughs> Logic does have to play a part in life sometimes. I already know. <laughs> With that being said, man, Dan, I appreciate you being on the show. Plug yourself in. So you can find me on Substack at the Wonderful Data. Uh, my Substack is it's free. It's it's updated. Um, I will have something uh, about Bruce Brown and Fred Van Fleet coming up in the next twelve hour uh, within the next day or so. Um, also, any other major breaking free, free agents. That are changing teams. I will be writing a few things about the kind of impact they'll make on the roster. And like I said, follow me on Twitter at, D- at DT underscore or Danny, uh, number three Thompson, that's D A N N Y, number three Thompson on Twitter. Also follow me on Reborn Conversion. And like I said, Prime, you know, when you, you know, when the call comes, I got you, bro. Oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, cool. I got a quick question for why I got you. I mean, I, I do get that. And it's just, this is just raw thoughts from my head, hypothetically, playing devil's advocate. Well, they have a different name. Use a friend's phone. They got Calvin. Hey. They got Ridley on that too. Oh, how, how did it get? Did really get snitched on, or, or, or it just happened? Or did, let's say he, was, he met a, a, a guy that's like a cousin, distant cousin. They used their phone, but they didn't use their names. I'm trying. To, I'm interested. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because, because when you when you play these fancy apps, right, you have to put your whole to get money or whatever. You got to show driver's licenses. You got to pull information up. They got Calvin Ridley. He was in the building. He was away from the team. He was on leave from the Falcons, and they found this out. The NFL knows what you're doing. Listen, the, the these leagues are smarter than you think. You had to be flat out dumb to get caught, and you knew what's coming. So guess what? These guys getting suspended, it is what it is. You were dumb enough to get caught. Now, mind you, this is the third wave of players getting caught because wasn't Jamison Williams caught for the same stuff not a couple a couple months earlier from Detroit? There you go. You for guys who are betting on sports, can y'all just go ahead? You have learned your lesson. Now these three guys are, are suspended indefinitely. They're gone all the season. They love they have been cut by their teams. Who knows how long they're gone for after this? 
That correct for me. And you can all find me, guys. Oh, I thought you saying something else. I'm sorry. Oh, nope. Rawmindsports.com, Rawmindsports on Instagram, Rawmindsports on Facebook. Check out my latest footage that I had when I was doing the hosting event, Rocky Mountain Event Center. You can also find me, you know, covering some games at a uh, high school OT with WRL. You can find me um, on all podcast pledges, like you'll find this episode for people who just came in and tuned in. With that being said, you can find that at any moment now. So that's all I got. Raw mind, raw thoughts. Danny Thompson of Substack is out.